Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. I am Dave Bryant from SteelersDepot.com. It is August the 9th. It is Wednesday. It is almost 8 o'clock time. Uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers had their 12th training camp practice in 2023 earlier in the day. This is the 11th special edition episode of the Terrible Podcast covering training camp. And as usual with me, fresh off of yet another trip out to La Trobe, is Alex Kazora. Alex, happy Wednesday night. Happy Wednesday night, Dave. There's the old Mike Tomlin saying of eight pounds in a five-pound bag. I think today we're at 80 pounds in a five-pound bag. So I got to give a quick shout-out to the amazing Steelers Depot crew for handling things today. Of course, we'll get into camp, get into Mike Tomlin, but it was as busy as it gets on the uh, Steelers Depot site. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're right at around 60 posts for the day today. So uh, shout out to the uh, hardworking crew and all. And there was a lot. I mean, Mike Tomlin, Andy Weidel, I mean, player interviews, uh, Pat McAfee, Omar Khan on that. I mean, you you name it. And, and, and it hit today. And uh, we we obviously didn't have a morning. Uh, good thing we didn't have a uh, regular morning <laughs> edition of the uh, Wednesday you know, Terrible Podcast because it'd be so out of date of things that we didn't cover. And it really was that much terribly new that we haven't talked about uh, on the special edition podcast and the podcast on Monday, uh, you know, that, that, you know, we can't kind of cover in the top here of this show. We'll, we'll mix in a little bit of what Tomlin had to say, obviously get into your, uh, what you observed out there at training camp uh, on Wednesday afternoon at St. Vincent college and, you know, kind of tease and let people know what we're going to be talking about on the Friday show. Lord, we will have a lot to talk about on, on, you know, that edition of the terrible podcast. So uh, before we get going, how about uh, shout out Lynn Testa, Alex and the fine folks over at touringplans.com. Yeah, Dave, absolutely. You have to mention it every podcast because they've been so good to us touring plans in Lentesta, a longtime sponsor of our Steelers Depot training camp coverage. And so I want to thank them at every opportunity. If you're a family planning a trip to Disney, like I mentioned, I think yesterday, my age group, 30 somethings, I just had uh, a, a buddy from college. He's got a couple of kids and I think they're going to plan a trip to, to Disney soon. And you want to use touring plans to help you navigate the best way to uh, build your itinerary for the trip so you can use their trip planner tool to show you the least crowded park to visit every day customized touring plans for disney's best rides honest restaurant reviews how to save on disney tickets that's always a big thing the best hotel rooms to ask for and so much more so check out the website touringplans.com and tell them steelers depot sent you yeah, and if you're on Twitter or on X or whatever you want to call it, yo, uh, reach out to them uh, at Touring Plans and let them know that you heard uh, heard about them on the Terrible Podcast uh, with Dave and Alex. Uh, all right, uh, Alex, uh, let's get into the housekeeping first, and then we'll get into a little bit of, about what Mike Tomlin had to say Wednesday morning. Sure. Good news is, and knock on wood, I think Pittsburgh's in a pretty good place for being this far into training camp injury-wise as they head into their first game. But a couple uh, important things to note here. Only two players were not practicing in really any capacity today. That's uh, John Lovett, the running back with a lower body, and Trey Norwood with the leg. Lovett went through stretch line. Norwood, the only player on the entire roster to not go through the stretch line. So that's good. Limited today was DeMonte Casey, Keanu Neal. Nick Herbick and Joey Porter Jr., all four in pads, all four, to my knowledge, working in individual sessions. None of them worked in team. Kevin Dotson, he practiced in full in terms of what happened maybe during practice today. Larry Ogunjobi did not appear to finish practice, uh, but he seemed okay overall. So whatever he might be dealing with is minor. The the names to watch here, I think, for Friday are really going to be Herbick and Porter Will they be clear to play in this game? I think it's going to be a 50-50 roll of the dice. Yeah, the good thing is, is that we're still uh, how many more hours away from uh, uh, from from kickoff? Uh, let's see, almost what, f- almost 48 hours or so, a little less mm-hmm. than 48 hours. Uh, so hopefully guys like Herbig and Porter and, you know, I'm I'm not very hopeful about Neil or Casey, those guys, but, you know, stranger things have happened. And uh, one one other kind of add on note there, and this was expected, uh, Jamarcus Bradley cleared uh, waivers uh, after being waived injured on Tuesday. He has now reverted to uh, IR. 
you know, if it's just a hamstring injury and it's not a serious one, there's a good chance that they'll uh, do some sort of injury settlement possibly with him uh, over the next uh, couple of days, either that or they'll let him heal up over the next couple of weeks and just wave him uh, outright from IR. So uh, he's on a split salary on IR until uh, further notice there. So, uh, all right, transitioning from that, we're going to, we're going to mix in a little bit of what Mike Tomlin had to say. And I guess for that, uh, for that part, Andy Weidel too, uh, what they said on uh, on Wednesday morning there. Obviously, Tomlin spoke to the media in the morning, did not have an afternoon press conference because this this uh, press conference, you know, served as a pregame press conference for, for Friday night, first uh, preseason game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, it sounds like, Alex, well, I mean, Mike Tomlin said, all healthy players will play. Now, we've heard that before, I think. And some some players have gotten scratched in in some of these early preseason games. But there are only three preseason games, you know, as of what last year I think was the first time. Was that right? Uh, uh, mm-hmm. With with that, so it'll be interesting to see how how he kind of navigates this. So could all healthy players indeed play in this game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he said as much. Now guys like Watt and Hayward and you know Patrick Peterson and. Minka and, you know, some of these more veteran veterans, if you will, if they do play, I would imagine they're going to play uh, very long. And I, I think the most interesting aspect when it comes to who's going to play is especially on the offensive side of the football. It sounds, it sure sounds like Kenny Pickett's going to play, but you know how much is 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 to be determined here. And I don't think you're going to throw Kenny Pickett out there unless you have your first first team mm-hmm. offensive line out there. And you're probably not going to put Kenny Pickett out there without his first team wide receivers and tight ends, and possibly even running back Najee Harris. Now Najee said uh, during the day that you know he certainly would like to get some snaps in during the preseason, but once again, that's Mike Tomlin's call. So nobody's really saying whether or not they're going to play. Now, Kenny Pickett after the practice on, you know, Tuesday seemed to, you know, uh, infer that he's going to play. And then once again, when they take me out, they take me out, uh, uh, that kind of thing there. So, you know, I don't know if we learned all that much other than Mike Tomlin saying all healthy players will play. But then again, we, we've, we've been kind of down a similar path before, and then it gets about game time and, and certain veterans don't have the helmet. I don't mean to take us down a rabbit hole to start the podcast, but the Tomlin has Tomlin said those exact words in the past. Has he said all healthy players will play? And then you get guys that, you know, basically in sweats for the game, your Cam Hayward, your Minka Fitzpatrick's. I don't know if that was the wording he used in the past. I mean, there's no other way for me to interpret all healthy players will, will play other than I guess Hayward's playing. I guess Peterson's playing, I guess Minka and Watt and everybody else is playing, assuming everybody is healthy and those guys are healthy. So, I mean, I guess we'll see I, I don't what know if I don't know if he's used that as exact wording before, but I remember going into games before thinking that, oh, okay, we're going to say, you know, these mm-hmm. these guys and 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 they get scratched there. Now, does a uh, 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 contusion to the birth certificate count <laughs> ah, count count as an injury? You know, I I don't know. So, long story short. We don't know who exactly is going to play uh, in this game. Now, you once again, it'd be different if you had four preseason games. Uh, but if if these if if veterans like Watt and Hayward and Fitzpatrick and Peterson and you know these these guys do wind up playing, it probably won't be much. I think we'll sure. agree agree on that. Uh, and then when it comes to picket and you know, members of the office. Look, I, I think those guys should play. And, and I'm not mm-hmm. one to to live in your fears. And you've got so many different moving parts on defense too, right? It would, right. It, it probably would be good to get a, a, a series uh, and maybe even two out, out of that unit, you know, and kind of play it by ear. If they go out there and in, in, in the first series and get a three and out, have you seen enough or do you want them to go get another three and out? You know, th- those mm-hmm. kind of things there. So, uh, we're just going to have to leave it open and see who the scratches are. There are going to probably be players that don't play in this game, though, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Sure. The question is, will it be the injured guys or will it be the stars and the in the key marquee starters? But I'm with you. If, if, if the healthy guys do play, it'll be because, A, defensively, as you said, new pieces, especially hubs of communication, inside linebackers, slot corner in the secondary those guys should get some reps. You're still seeing some miscommunication defensively throughout camp. 
even today in seven on seven, having some some difficulties there. And so that's an important component of that. And then offensively being a younger group, you know, group that has some, some continuity to it, but still some new pieces and a second year quarterback and a lot of those guys looking to make the leap. So I can understand the justification for it. I was a little surprised to hear Tomlin say it so explicitly. You know, I wouldn't have expected, you know, a Haywood or a Fitzpatrick to suit up in this game. But as you said, we'll just wait and see. And look, the byproduct of this, obviously, there's there's no right answer, right? Uh, there it is, there's no right way to attack this. I don't I don't think without getting you know uh, barring everybody coming out of, of, of the game 100 percent because if God forbid one you know veteran gets a hamstring strain or or, or even worse than that, then the narrative is going to be well, why the hell Mike Tomlin playing some of these veterans? But on the flip side, if you don't play those guys. You know, uh, and then you start the season slow, then it's well, why didn't he play some of these guys in the preseason to get, mm-hmm. get, get their motors running? So uh, that's just we just had a Seinfeld episode, I think. Just it was right kind there. of a Seinfeld press conference because I don't know yeah. what else Mike Tomlin really had to say beyond that. I, I thought that was notable, the fact that he had said all healthy players will play. But again, I don't have the quotes from last year in front of me to be able to compare that to what Tomlin said about that first game this time a season ago. I mean, do you really need to see TJ Watt out there? <laughs> after, right. Especially after the practice he apparently had uh, on, 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 on Wednesday, you know, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, look, I, I s- sign me up to watch whoever's out there. So uh, anything else uh, Tomlin or even Andy Weidel said that, you know, hit you that, that uh, can't wait until maybe uh, Friday for us to talk about. Not in particular, um, you know, Tomlin praising Anthony McFarland getting better. And I think we made this point a time or two. He was a really young guy coming out of Maryland, a redshirt sophomore in 2020, that COVID year, which was really tough for the rookies in general is, is a tough path. But a rookie in that situation under those circumstances without what uh, OTAs and, you know, just the, the modifications of the season makes that even more difficult. Had some injuries along the way, the MCL in 2021. So you can understand why this is a guy that is hopefully on the rise right now and still relatively young. So that that's probably good context to put into that McFarland improvement discussion. Yeah, uh, we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a lot of him uh, in in this game. And look, Calvin Austin third. Can't wait to uh, see him on the field. And uh, you know, Weidel just you know anything from Weidel that that uh, needs to be hit right now, or can we move on? Start moving on into what you saw out there on Wednesday. Yeah, I was at camp when that happened, so I probably missed more of it. I mean, asked about Kendrick Green and talked about how, you know, this is the time of the year to experiment. It's not just with Kendrick Green. It's with some of the defensive linemen playing outside linebacker, too. To go back to Tomlin briefly, I do support the answer about we want to see kickoffs. We don't want to see, oh, uh, yeah. you know, the, these, these kicks booted into the end zone. And I'll be I'll be upset if Tampa Bay comes out and they're just, you know, booting them into the fifth row. I think you should, you know, for your own sake, you know, you want to be able to evaluate your coverage team evaluate your return team, those types of things. You can't evaluate that really at all during practice and training camp. The way that special teams are set up, it's not set up where you get full, you know, tackling drills the way that 11 on 11 offense defense is set up. It's skeleton work. You piece things together. You're basically never tackling. I think it happened in 2020 because there was no preseason. And so Pittsburgh actually went full tackling on a kickoff, but that is the rarest of rare exceptions. So hopefully that happens. And, you know, and Tomlin basically saying, you know, intellectually, the, the fair catch kickoff will play a role once the games count. Until then, you just want to be able to evaluate your guys. Kind of uh, 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 tagging off of, of what you just said there. And then Mike Tomlin was asked uh, something along the lines, well, will you, you know, ap- approach the opposite coaching staff and, you know, kind of ask them, you know, and he, he really said, well, that's not kind of what, what, you know, that I forget, I don't have the quote sheet in front of me here, but uh, in other words, you know, that's, that's not something that he worries about, but I, I think I would have that conversation. You, would you think both coaches would want to see their kickoff or, or is it, I wonder if it is kind of an understood look, you know, don't, don't boot it out, out of the end zone. But if I'm a kicker battling for a job and my special teams coordinator says, let's see if you can kick it out of the back of the end zone, I'm kicking it out mm-hmm. of the back, back, uh, you know, out of the back of the end zone there. So I, I I'm wondering what those conversations actually are like, you know, with the coaches ahead of a preseason game, uh, do they need them? Hey, you're going to, you're going to kick us the ball so we can work on our returns or, you know, because you would think that's the kind of stuff that you, you, you would want to work on. 
Sure. And it doesn't Mike Tomlin know Todd Bowles? They can get together. Yeah. It's probably more special teams coordinators probably talking to each other. I just looked up the uh, Bucks special teams coach. It's Keith Armstrong who's been in the league for for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, we'll just have to see. I, again, if I, if I was an NFL coach, if I was making that decision, whether I'm Pittsburgh or Tampa Bay, I want to see returns because I need because if you're just booting in the end zone, you can't evaluate your coverage team. And so why would Tampa Bay want to, you know, hurt themselves in, in, in that aspect of things? So we'll see what happens. But I, I hopefully there are a couple of returns to talk about. He was asked specifically, do you talk to the opposing head coach about that? Say, hey, can we get some kickoffs here? And Tomlin says, I'm not into that personally. No. OK. All right. We'll see if Danny Smith is. He may be a little bit different. <laughs> there, <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, anything else you want to cover or shall we get to practice? Yeah, we about. can move on to practice. I think I mean anything from Omar Khan when he talked with Pat McAfee, I, I, kind of the same. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. And I wrote this uh, particular part up uh, from that interview. And, and it, it's it's not breaking news by any, any, uh, any means. But uh, talking about. Yeah, hey, we're not just evaluating our players in this game uh, or or in the preseason as whole as a whole. We're 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 evaluating players on all teams, and yeah, uh, you know, he even during the press conference he said, "Look, we we know there's guys on that opposite team that we're going to be playing Friday night." And I'm paraphrasing here that you know probably probably might not make the roster there, you know, cause I, every day, you know, obviously both teams have got to cut down to 53 act active roster. Uh, so I, I, it was just a little bit of an insight and more confirmation, I guess, uh, more than anything that, Hey, you know, uh, you're evaluating your players and he talked about sending scouts to, you know, to, to other games to evaluate those players and all. And I still contend Alex and, and history tells us, and I put the link in that post as well too, that, there is a player not currently under contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers that will be under contract with the Pittsburgh Steelers and on their week one 53-man roster. And if, if that doesn't happen, it, it, will, it will be a notable event. And probably means that Pittsburgh stayed pretty healthy and the guys look good in, in, in the game. So if it doesn't happen, that's probably maybe the best case scenario. All right, let's uh, move on to practice. We're talking about practice here. Uh, and they were in pads, right, today? Yep, they were in pads, full tackling, full go. All right, let's uh, start with the position group. So let's start with the quarterback position. Uh, tell me about Kenny, and it sounds like Mitch Trubisky had a pretty good day. Yeah, Trubisky, I thought it was solid and strong and some situational red zone type of work I, with Kenny Pickett. And it, it's not just about today, but I probably just happened to notice it more today. But him working through his progressions, going into second reads, there was a boot to the uh, left side where he could have hit Darnell Washington in the flat and gotten, you know, five yards or so, but he works second level of that progression hits Allen Robinson on the corner out for almost 20 yards later in that last team period, red zone work, you know, could hit Calvin Austin on jet action to the left flat probably would have gotten you something, but Pickett, you know, looks downfield has George Pickens wide open behind the defense for a 24 yard walk in touchdown. Just moments like that, even in seven shots, I think it's touchdown to Allen Robinson working through progressions and going to a second, third read and finding the open man. So again, that all just speaks to comfort, to confidence, some of the footwork that Pickett has talked about putting in this offseason, the game, of course, slowing down for you. So just seeing some of those, you know, veteran type things going through progressions, hitting second, third reads, that's all well and good and, and, and a nice day for Pickett and for Mitch Trubisky as well. Let's see, 12 practices now. What kind of uh what what, what kind of uh progress have you seen Kenny Pickett make in these 12 practices? Well, it's looking to be tough to evaluate, especially on pocket presence type things. But again, him going through his progressions and his reads, I think the continuation of where he left off last year of keeping his eyes downfield and not, you know, immediately looking to run at the first sign of trouble. Now it's easier to do that in practice when you can't get hit and you can really kind of stand there as long as you like and no one's gonna touch you. But uh, I can still sense it, and I certainly sense it at the end of his his rookie season. So those are probably two things that have stuck out to me overall, along with just general confidence of this offense and leadership and, and him being the guy. All right. Where do you stand on Mitch Trubisky at this point? Yeah, it's been a good camp for him overall. Um, he's been a pretty consistent guy without any, you know, A-plus days, but no F-type days. He's been steady throughout, and so... Again, the quarterback depth chart really is what it is. It's not going to change. It's not going to shift. It's going to be Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky and Mason Rudolph in, in that one, two, three order. All right, uh, let's go to offensive line. Any any developments there? I was trying to think today. I think I talked about Broderick Jones yesterday about leverage and working on power and bull rushes, so I won't make mention of that again. 
you know, Spencer Anderson, watching him, he's got good feet. I think he's a you know solid athlete that can mirror against counters and inside rushes. Probably struggled a bit in some of the stunt pickup today, working with Raven Clark. There were some issues there in terms of trying to pass things off. I actually thought that Broderick Jones and Isaac Say Malu did a really nice job in that drill. Just a couple of reps, but they passed things off perfectly and cleanly in the couple times that they got. And then Bill Dunkel, kind of a road grader in the run game, um, can pull. Well, he, he has pulled. I don't know how effective of a, of a puller that he is, but in pass pro, um, you know, he's had his issues, although I thought he had a good revenge on Braden Fajoko, a little snatch and trap to put him in the ground. So those are my thoughts today. Nate Herbig did um, get up slowly on one play, but he finished out practice, so he, he should be fine. And there was a more of a rotation with uh, Herbig and Kendrick Green at center reps today. Uh, where would you say Spencer uh, Anderson has played the most uh, positionally snapped so far during camp? If you, Where would be mm-hmm. the top top two spots, maybe? It's definitely been tackle. He began camp that first week at right tackle. Over the, the second week, it's been more left tackle action. He probably has logged more overall snaps at right tackle, but it's definitely been those two tackle spots. The, the vast majority of snaps overall, he has played both left guard and right guard, still nothing at center and team period, but uh, the tackle, you know, he, he's going to be playing predominantly tackle come the preseason. Uh, if he has a good preseason, uh, are you, are you open to him uh, making a roster as let's say number nine and being inactive? Sure. I'm open to it. I think that spot's still up for grabs. I think Kendrick Green has increased his chances with some of that fullback versatility and Kevin Dotson is still there. But no, I wouldn't I wouldn't close the door on Anderson making the 53, especially if he looks good in these couple of games coming up. All right. So if you had to bet dollars to donut, the most snaps that he'll play in the game Friday night will come at right tackle potentially. It's going to be one of the tackle spots. I really couldn't tell you what they're going to decide upon. If you made me choose, I'll, I'll say right tackle because that's where he started, um, started training camp. But it could be left or right tackle. It depends how they want to handle him and Dylan Cook. All right, say Amalo having a good camp and all. Yeah, he's been you know quiet, uh, but but in a good way where you know you're not noting him for for struggling. I thought he had. You know, I just saw it. One rep today of him sealing. I don't know who the defender was, but sealing the D tackle upfield to keep the pocket for Kenny Pickett in a in a late rep in the team period. So he's been probably one of those quiet leaders, but smart, athletic, strong. Again, probably you know a really good sparring partner for Cam Hayward. He's not really had that guy in a while. So yeah, he's been you know what Pittsburgh signed up for. All right, uh, let's go to uh, running back. Any anything to report there? Um, what do I have on that? Anthony McFarland continues to catch the ball clean, cleanly and, and run crisp routes. One minor note, and it may be one of those, you know, I have to go back and check my notes in some of the pecking order of things, but I'm seeing Greg Bell run ahead of Darius Hagens uh, in, in camp. And yeah, Hagens is one of the guys that I, I was a fan of too. And I, I know that you liked and it, it felt like today. And again, I have to kind of double check my notes from today in the last couple of practices that Bell has been working over. Darius Higgins getting more carries. Bell has shown some explosiveness in uh, hands, and he might get a lot of work in the fourth quarter of this preseason game, him and Higgins. So that battle will probably continue, but it felt like uh, this team's been giving a little bit more love to Greg Bell. Has uh, Higgins at least stopped putting the football on the ground? <laughs> he has. He has not fumbled, although he's not had a, th- a ton of carries to potentially fumble away, and that's probably a big reason why he's lost out on some reps. You fumble the ball as much as he has. You know, you fumble once in camp, it's kind of a talking point twice is, you know, really an issue. And he's fumbled at least three times across 77 and in team period. So that's a quick way to lose blank time. All right. We've had plenty of talk about Kendrick green. So I'm not, I mean, he, he's continuing to do what mm-hmm. he's been doing since really Friday night lights and all. So we, we fully expect to see him get some fullback snaps uh, or H back snaps uh, in, in that game Friday night. Uh, uh, you think Connor might get a carry or two? I really do. I mean, he got a carry today. He's had three or four in training camp already, uh, assuming that Lovett's not going to play. And if Harrison Warren play, it's going to be limited action. We're talking first series or two. Maybe Harris gets the first series. Warren rotates in. Maybe Warren gets a second series, something like that. But after that, then you're left with McFarland, Bell, and Hagens. And I believe that's that's going to be it. So I could certainly see Hayward, at least in some passing downs, maybe run a couple of routes on third down but I think you're going to see him at the least in some running back alignment uh, in this game. All right. uh, Tight end. And I don't think we can talk about the tight end position today without talking about hot rod and additional. Oh, is that his name? 
Ooh, <laughs> I like it. Uh, uh, Rodney, what Williams, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I don't know some some big kid they got out there, uh, Washington <laughs> or something. Kid with the bad knees or something like that. <laughs> uh, uh, I hear he's uh, continue. You know, it just it sounds like re- reading your stuff and and everything else that's putting out there that uh, uh, you know that that that, that Georgia boy is having a good camp. It's come on strong when the pads have come on. And again, I think in the game, you're going to probably see a bit of up and down play as a blocker, as a technician, but he certainly improved from where he began and he's been used vertically more. Certainly has a nose for the end zone. It's pretty easy to do when you're six, seven two, whatever he weighs. He's a, he's a big boy, obviously. And so it was seven on seven going up over Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, Fitzpatrick didn't find the football. He wasn't playing it as hard as he would in the game, but still for Washington to make that play over a guy like Minka, you certainly take note of that. Had a touchdown late in team period, that red zone session today. Although kudos to James Pierre for breaking up and maybe picking off a pass on one of those jump balls for Washington. He's the first guy to disrupt one of those, you know, seven shots, fade routes to to Washington uh, this camp. And then, yeah, Rodney Williams, kudos to him. Two touchdowns in that final team period. One uh, it was a great catch off a tip pass by Trenton Thompson, the safety. Williams found it and kept track of it as the ball was tipped and then coming down. And then he beat Nick Witowski on a seven route a couple of plays later. He's a guy that was more of a receiver type in middle Tennessee state. He's a good athlete overall. The question was maybe some concerns about overall size and frame, not a small guy, but just not as big as some of the other big guys in this room. And then how well can you block and do some of the, you know, three-point stance in-line type of stuff. But he's a fluid player, a good athlete, and showed that today. Is his blocking going to be the thing that maybe prohibits him sticking around? Well, I mean, they had him on the practice squad last year, though, right? So, I mean, there's they, they, they like him to some degree here, you know? And mm-hmm. and I, I'm interested to see how, how, how often they use him attached to the line of scrimmage, especially in, in this uh, first preseason game, and, and try to use him as a blocker in, you know, in that area there. And real quick, a, th- a thought on, on, on Washington there. I was thinking the other night they're laying in bed and, and staring at the ce- ceiling was, uh, you know, I, I'm beginning to think the issue with him dropping Dropping was more and more related to just his overall usage in the passing game uh, at Georgia, more so than the so-called, you know, surface area, big, big body knee, knee concerns, you know, that that kind of rolled out kind of r- right after the draft there. And, and I and, you know, I'd almost kind of uh, look at it as, as a George Kittle, you know, uh, mm-hmm. thing, because, you know, Kittle. I don't know what more you wanted George Kittle to put on tape in college outside of maybe being used more in a passing game, but at Iowa, you certainly, you know, probably weren't going to get that. And really at, if, if they didn't have that Bowers kid over uh, at, at Georgia, uh, Washington probably would have been used more in the pass game. And it's not like when he was used in the passing game, he was awful at it. Now there were a lot of those kind of leak outs, you know, a lot, but but he did good after the catch and, you know, made occasional catch down the field. I guess what I'm getting at is moving forward with, 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 with tight ends. It seems like the league kind of shies away. They don't care how good you block. It's more about maybe uh, what were you able to do in the, you know, as a receiver in the passing game. Yeah, I mean, it, it's hard to say for sure about why Kittle or why Kittle, why Washington dropped. There's probably a couple of reasons. I think there was a bit of projection with him in terms of, you know, probably rounding out the edges of his game and not being super involved in the offense. You're right. There's kind of a Kittle comparison in, in that sense because at Iowa, they didn't throw the ball to, to Kittle all that much. But all I care about is that, you know, Washington is in, is, is in Pittsburgh right now. I think he's performing, he's gotten better. I, hopefully, he'll continue that ascent. And with Williams, yeah, I don't have a great feel for his, his blocking ability. We'll get to study that more in this game. He probably has been used more as a Y-off kind of split flow type of dude as as opposed to more of an inline attached type of guy. So it's probably the way he's going to be using this game. But we'll be able to learn a lot more about all these guys' his blocking ability um, after Friday night. And look, I haven't seen, you know, obviously I've seen some clips out there, but I'm not at practice. You are uh, there. Uh, I guess where I'm getting at here is, is I mean, Washington pretty much is as advertised what what the college tape says, right? Yeah, I would say so overall. I mean, big body, um, you know, big catch radius, red zone weapon, aggressive blocker, probably some technique things to work on. Not the most fluid guy in the world, but, you know, can can sit down against zone and contest and go up there down the seam or these jump balls. So 
I would say, largely speaking, he's been as expected. All right, uh, let's go to uh, wide receiver. And uh, all Chris Carter used to do is what? Oh, I wish I was smart enough uh, to get that reference. Yeah, uh, they all Chris Carter does was cut, catch touchdowns. What, what oh. that the same uh, that 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 Barbara, you're probably right. Uh, used to say all the time, uh, him and uh, Tom Jackson. Boy, I'm, I'm dating myself if that's old already. Uh, <laughs> all Allen Robinson does is. Catch touchdowns. I caught up to it. Like Alan Robinson well, I mean, catching touchdowns. Catch footballs, though, right? Catch footballs. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm clearly struggling. I'm, <laughs> I'm lagging behind here in this one. I'm very, very sorry. It's day 12 of training. Well, dude, wasn't that kind of the theme that you had mm-hmm. uh, on, on your Twitter feed that he, uh, uh, I thought I was going to play right into you uh, sending that uh, hanging curveball right over <laughs> I the I struck out right uh, down the there. Middle. I threw you an EFIS pitch there. Oh, it, it, I, I love the EFIS pitch, the okay. high working. Yeah. Uh, you got that. But but uh, all Allen Robinson does, boy, this seg- this uh, this ain't gonna sound good on 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 podcast tape. That's at all, on me. Man. Hey, that's my fault. People can make uh, fun of me for it. That's an me for you, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mental <laughs> but, error. But talk about Allen Robinson just catching everything that's thrown thrown his way. Well, just like they used to say about Chris Carter, all Allen Robinson does is catch footballs. That's what Allen Robinson does. I put it together here at the all end. Right. Maybe um, I'll edit out the rest of that <laughs> stuff so nobody hears it. Oh, there no, that's already. okay. Uh, but yeah, good day for him. And it's just been a continuation. I'm going to have to, I meant to do this when I compiled my camp stats is look at the amount of yards Robinson had on each catch. He's had a couple downfield, but it's been a lot of the short area mm-hmm. stuff. Seven yards, five yards, 10 yards, that kind of range you know, option routes to the, to the flat, um, out routes, dig routes over the ball routes. I mean, that's kind of been his wheelhouse cashing touchdowns in seven shots, just a really good pair of hands overall and hands catcher, nothing into his body. And so um, he's been, I, I said this at the start of camp and, and it's certainly worth repeating and you feel more strongly about it now, but he's a guy that's been everything Pittsburgh was looking for when they traded for him. Well, you know, that stuff about, you know, not, not down the field, that's been kind of his MO. Uh, really anyway, uh, for, for, for a better part of his career, I just pulled up my contextualization, uh, that, uh, I did on him, uh, on the 52 targets that counted last season, Robinson registered an average depth of target of 9.65 yards. His average depth of completion was 8.12 yards. Does that sound like the Allen Robinson that you're seeing in training camp? It does. I've kind of compared it to to Juju in his final two years in Pittsburgh in terms of how he's going to be used. I mean, Robinson early in his career was a downfield guy. He was a big playmaker. Uh, I think it's evolved over his years. And I mean, the Rams last year, A, was a pretty poor offense, and so they weren't getting the big plays. But I think in terms of the way he'll be used, it's going to be similar to how it was with the Rams, just hopefully obviously more successful for him and him staying healthy and, and a better offense overall. He was asked to explain uh, on Steelers Live after practice uh, with Prasuda and uh, Wolfley uh, what 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 makes a good slot receiver, and you know he he went on to say pretty much you know just understanding what you're seeing uh, across for you know. Uh, reading the defense and, and, and that kind of thing. And look, he's got years of experience of doing that uh, for sure. And hopefully, you know, he can help bring, you know, Calvin Austin, the third along in that area as well too there. So uh, really looking forward to seeing how he fits. Cause this, this team really needs a, 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 a dependable slot receiver, don't they? They do. And I think it, it could be a really good compliment to Calvin Austin. If he can be the, if you want that real thunder and lightning of, Robinson underneath, tough routes, third down, red zone, and then Austin, hopefully that that big play guy, gadget guy, more motion type. You could have a really effective one-two punch in the slot. All right, what else has happened at the wide receiver position? I'm starting to wonder if they might keep six wide receivers and if Gunner might be one of them. Yeah, Gunner got a lot of praise from what Kenny Pickett and Mike Tomlin today. Um, he had a nice diving catch over the middle. His camp maybe has quieted up here a little bit, but it's still been strong. I have very few complaints about the, the camp that Gunnar Olszewski has had. It's just, you know, return battle. And again, hopefully there'll be some return opportunities. You will expect some in the punt game and hopefully get a couple in the kick return game as well for him, for uh, Calvin Austin, and maybe a Jordan Bird who, Played a little bit of true running back today, Bird did. He was a running back in college, and he's been a, been a wide receiver in camp so far. Um, Robinson was kind of my big note overall on that. And so, yeah, it was a good day for him, but Gunner's had a, a consistently good camp. Hakeem, how about a Hakeem Butler uh, update? 
You know, he's made some plays with his size. I see it a bit more in the seven-on-seven sessions as I do in in team period, which is a little concerning there. The hands have probably been a a touch inconsistent. And as a route runner, I don't know exactly how much he's going to offer. He's just that kind of big body, throw it up to him, and hopefully he can you know be that power forward that makes the play. Really seen very little from him in the slot. I thought we'd see a lot of that this year, and that was kind of the intrigue with him, the big body slot guy. To, in my notes and from what I can recall seeing out there, he's been almost primarily an, an outside type of receiver. So not somebody to me that's really making a hard charge for a roster spot. Now there's still three games to be played and all that can change, but not somebody that I would be uh, putting in pen on my 53 man roster prediction. All right. I think that covers the offense. Does it not? Uh, yeah, I think we hit uh, every position. group. Any, anything schematically really stick out uh, 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 different on Wednesday? I mean, probably nothing today. I mean, there's been some more screens and some throwback tight end screens and, and those kinds of things. So you, I think you're going to see a bit more of a screen heavy team this year and hopefully one that obviously can be more successful. But I think they feel like they they can be overall. I'd have to go through some of my uh, notes to see some more schematic stuff. And it could be hard to, to describe some of that. And so can probably break that down better uh, once this game wraps up Friday. But again, generally the same shape and scope of this offense with a couple of wrinkles mixed in. All right. Uh, and one real quick uh, gratuitous note on Kendrick Green. He met the media again on, on Wednesday. And man, that, you, you'd swear that kid's uh, uh, hit the lottery or something. You know, he just really, the demeanor with him, uh, smiling and uh, just good for him. You know, some some positive and going to be really interested to see if all this positive translates uh, maybe into in a little bit better uh, offensive line play at the center position uh, on, on, on on Friday night there. All right, defensive there, side. I, actually, just, just really quickly, there was one note on Kendrick Green. I don't, I don't know the whole, how the play transpired. And so I want to be careful making this uh this comment but i just saw one play during team and all i saw was kendrick green looking at mitch trubisky turned around and so i don't know what happened there but it's probably not a position you want to be in as an offensive lineman facing your own quarterback so um you know he's still going to play offensive line more than he's going to play fullback in this game that's still going to be the meat potatoes of it and so you're still seeing some difficulties there i think all right uh defense defensive line yeah, I'm trying to find my notes there in terms of anything in particular. Uh, getting to watch Leal today, just the athlete that he is, and I know that him being an athletic guy is not brand new news, but there was one play in run period, uh, Jalen Warren running right side, and you know he finishes every single run, whether the ball is at the his own 20 or at the opposing 20. He's always running the ball into the end zone. That's what Eddie Faulkner, the running back coach, wants. And I think it was James Pierre running downfield with them and running downfield with both of them was the Marvin Leal and, and keeping up as well. And so just the uh, the rare foot speed that guy has. And so good that he's back in pads, should play on Friday night. Beyond that, probably was don't it, have a- Was it Leal the one that uh, like had either had the interception or another player had the interception and he ran with them all the way down the field? What was, was, was that the clip with Leal running in this the camp? No, no, no. Uh, in college at, 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 at oh. A&M. I'm, Probably. I'm to, I don't remember, remember off the top of my head. Leal was the one that, that, that ran the field. Sounds like him because he certainly the, he has the athleticism to do that. So I believe it, but I, I can't tell you off the top of my head. All right. That just, uh, you know, there's certain clips that I can't, mm-hmm. you know, from college that stick in, in, in my head. I, I want to say he was attached to, to one. So I can't remember if he intercepted it and then ran it himself or, or, or intercepted it and gave it to another player and then ran with him. I don't remember, but uh, anyway, uh, good, good news on him. What else is going on on defensive line? How about, yeah, how see, about Benton? I'm trying to see my notes on Benton today. I don't know if I had anything in particular. we got some first team reps late with Oak and Joby missing the back half of practice. So good opportunities for him. Hand fighter, active, good athlete, you know, probably the anchor and run defense things he has to continue to work on. Armin Watts having a good camp, you know, holding the point of attack, getting off a of block, stacking and shedding. I think that D-line battle, Mike Tom made a reference to that today, that that D-line group's been really competitive, and there may be some really tough cuts there. All right. Uh, outside linebacker, can they keep, uh, did they keep TJ Watt from completely ruining practice today? <laughs> well, Mike Tallman called out, can somebody please block TJ? A sentence I assume opposing teams have said many, many times over the years. And yeah, TJ, uh, very good today in run session, pass rush. I mean, he's TJ Watt. Beyond that, don't have a, a ton of notes. The backups have been relatively quiet. Um, you know, I think Golden's come on a bit stronger. 
And in Duke way, has been, been up and down, but he's coachable. And I think he's getting better overall. Perales has been quiet. Roche's not in my notes a ton. And that's pretty much the group right now with Herbig being out. Uh, okay, that inside linebacker group. And I believe that was the subject of your terrible take earlier in the day. It was. The energy, the intensity, and those are things you can much better pick up on in camp than you can looking at a box score, certainly, or even watching a game, especially all 22, which does not have any audio with it. So uh, the veteran presence those guys have of Holcomb, who's a bit quieter, but you know speaks loudly with his play and his work ethic, and Roberts and, and Alexander, those have been really good contributions from an energy and tangible standpoint. Alexander getting some first team reps mixed in today. I don't know what that means for long term, but giving him some some different looks, you figured that was going to happen sooner or later. The guy I got to shout out, though, is a guy I haven't mentioned today so far, but I've talked about him a, a time or two. Chappelle Russell was everywhere in that run session. I mean, he was high energy too. And Mark Robinson, super amped up. He was making tackles, finding the football. I, again, 53-man roster is going to be a tough not to crack there because of how loaded it is, but Chappelle Russell's a guy that on his play should be on the practice squad. He should get a lot of burn in the second half of that game Friday night, you think, right? Yeah, I would think so. Now there's also, you know, Kwiatkowski and Muse, and they're going to play a fair bit. I thought Muse had a good day in run session too, had a nice stop on uh, on Jalen Warren. So trying to divvy up the snaps on those guys may be a bit more difficult because you want to see your new additions and Holcomb and Roberts and, Alexander and Mark Robinson in year two, you want to see him. So it'll be really interesting to see how they divide up the snaps because you have a ton of guys there that you want to see more of and only probably, I don't know, 60, 65 defensive snaps to work with. So I wonder how that rotation is going to look. All right. And I'm wondering how the uh, slot rotation is going to work. And uh, uh, saw Chandon Sullivan's name come up in your feed, uh, uh, I think, once or twice uh, today. Uh, Is he making a push now? Yeah, he was really active today. I mean, what does it mean for the future? It, it's probably hard to say, but he had multiple breakups. Granted, I think one was on Jordan Bird, the, the wide receiver who has a really small catch radius and frame, and he had a couple of missed chances today. But yeah, Sullivan on Allen Robinson, on Bird, I think on somebody else, which might have been in team or seven on seven. He was just very active around the football in the passing game today. So still watching that slot battle unfold. He's made plays. Riley's made plays. I'd say that Duke Duke Dawson's less so in that competition to make the 53. It's probably more Riley versus Sullivan and potentially they could keep both, but in terms of, you know, defensive roles, it's probably those two guys battling it out right now. What about Luke Barku and a possible practice squad spot at this point? Yeah, I think he's earned it. I I think he's had a couple of really good days. And I heard Patrick Peterson on uh, his podcast with Brian McFadden talk about, Barku kind of being one of his defensive standouts. I mean, I think his top defensive standout. And I noted the last couple of practices until today, Barku was making plays. Guys got a couple of picks, a couple of uh, red zone and end zone breakups, a former receiver. I, I've been, I think, probably talking about Luke Barku more than anybody, you know, that's not in that Steelers building right now. And so I think, um, you know, he's definitely a practice squad candidate. All right. I uh, should get to see a lot of him and, and, and possibly James Pierre, uh, Maybe paired paired together, right? Well, see what happens to Porter. If Porter plays, you know, generally the second teamers have been Pierre and Porter. Now, I don't know how much Peterson's going to play and even Levi Wallace. Wallace should probably play more than Peterson. But, uh, you know, we'll just kind of have to see how health looks and how Tomlin wants to to work snap count. One other just quick note on, on the cornerback room, not related to actual cornerback play. A, a funny moment. For me to watch, probably less so uh, for Madre Harper, they're running field goal block, um, a couple of reps in, and then they're trying to find an extra guy. I think they were looking for Madre Harper, who's on the other sideline, not realizing he's supposed to go in. They're calling for him. No one can find him. Danny Smith finally sees him and uh, barks at him a little bit to, to get uh, into the into the play. So um, you got to have your head on a swivel, Madre Harper, or Danny Smith's going to get you. All right, uh, safety and uh, some praise out of Mike Tomlin on on Kenny Robinson uh, earlier in the day, uh, talking about how uh, look, you know, he always always preaches off season conditioning because uh, when you get into camp, you never know when your opportunities to c- come uh, to maybe get extra snaps and take advantage of it. And sounds like Kenny Robinson uh, certainly is, and you know, Mike Tomlin made sure to uh, to praise him for that. Uh, and obviously, those those safety lines remain relative short overall yeah they are because neil and casey are not in uh full participation 
right now. But yeah, I mentioned that with Robinson, just being available. And that's why the old phrase is the best ability is availability because it gives you the chance to get more reps and make more plays. And Robinson has run with that opportunity and made those plays in coverage. I like Trenton Thompson too. I think he's a pretty physical downhill guy. I mean, I know he just got here and I'm still learning more about him, but I definitely see some aggression in his game. And you say uh, Killebrew is quite the, the communicator, right? Yeah, very loud, very vocal, a really you know, prime candidate for the up-back role on the punk team. The quarterback of that unit had a good uh, drive and close and tackle on Connor Hayward in a team period today, too, for no gain or a loss. So, um, Killebrew, downhill guy, obviously limited as a safety, but special teams guy, that, that that's definitely his home. All right, and you timed some punts today, right? We did. Timing punts for back. Some really good hang times from both Presley Harvin and Braden Mann. I have those numbers up there. Uh, multiple five-plus-second punts for Harvin. Man had one that I had at 5-2, which is an excellent, really, really top-level hang time. Distance probably not quite as much there, but maybe they were working more on hang time stuff today. I would just say, I have in my notes there, most of the evaluation will come what happens inside stadiums beginning Friday. But right now, based on just the limited-ish camp work, I would give Harvin the edge over Man. I think it's been a bit better, especially with some of the coffin corner pin-deep punts. And I would give the slight edge from Christian Kuntz over Rex Sunahara. I think he just snapped a little bit, little bit better. And they have kept pretty much the incumbents versus the new guys, haven't they, as far as the battery goes? Correct. From what I can tell, it's basically been Sunahara snapping to man and um, uh, on, on you know field goals whenever BT Potter uh, kicks. It's, it's Sunahara, and then Man is the holder, Potter is the kicker, and then whenever it's uh, Harvin, Kuntz is snapping to him, and with field goals, it's Kuntz snapping to um, Kuntz snapping to, to Harvin, excuse me, with Boswell kicking, so it's kind of felt like they've had those guys work just in those groups. What kind of context did you take out of Mike Tomlin saying that we're looking for a backup snapper? I'd have to go back and look at the actual quote. What was the question? Or did he just make the comment I, I, impromptu? It was impromptu as part uh, as part of guys fighting and opportunities. I, I forget exactly. Probably uh, more center, I would imagine, given there's a competition I, for that. That's what I thought. Spot. But, I mean, he he evidently talked about uh, in, a, in, 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 in an interview with uh, DVD, uh, Joe Clark pointed out to me that he mentioned uh, long snappers specifically uh, earlier in the day. So I, I, I kind of, because he mentioned that, because the way he said snapper and didn't say center specifically, uh, we we tend to think that, you know, he he's, he's, he's me. Actually, the way, and, and that's why I ask you, what do you think the context is? Because mm-hmm. obviously they have two snappers, you know, long snappers in camp. Uh, here, here's what he was asked. Are you encouraged by what you've seen when, when he's in that role? I guess he was talking about, uh, Kendrick green. Uh, he was pretty prominent in the goal line yesterday in terms of just being out there. Mike Thomas says it's been solid. We'll keep blah, blah, blah looking. Uh, it's a bunch of those little stories going on around. I know some get more traction than others, but it's just very much part of team development. I'm looking for a backup snapper, for instance, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Not highly interested. I'm, I'm not sure many of you are highly interested in that. But there's a lot of these roles, secondary roles, and things that transpire in an environment like this. And once again, I I I'll have to go. I didn't listen to the. Uh, uh, I know Joe Clark listened to it. Uh, the the Tomlin interview on 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 DVD this morning, but it seems like he was talking about long snapper. And the only thing I can conclude from all this ramble in a mind, uh, and 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 the question is that. Is I is there a chance that we might see a non-long snapper snap on a long snap late in this game? Say that three times fast. Yeah. Um, no I, short, I, short I, answer. That's like I, it's, I feel like I just wiped my butt over my shoulder there, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, first of all, you don't have to twist my arm to talk about long snappers. I mean, right. I, I am all in on this. And actually, yeah, seeing the full quote whenever he says, I'm sure you're not highly interested in that. Then okay, that probably actually means backup long snapper for joking about. You probably don't care much much about who the emergency snapper is, but um, in that whole context, secondary and kind of specialized roles. Sure. What wasn't Derek Watt? He was emergency last year. Yes, it was Derek Watt. Did TJ make a comment about snapping too? I don't know if I I thought Uh, I saw something about TJ talking about that. I think Cole Holcomb has done some snapping as well. Um, but yeah, it used to be you know Vance McDonald was the emergency snapper years ago. He was a snapper at Rice, and it was Derek Watt. 
last year. Um, and so that probably means about that. But to answer your question, no, it's going to be Coons and Sunohara. I, I mean, they they haven't actually, you know, in, in full special teams period repped on that. Those, those snappings have been done kind of on the side or very early in practice. And so, you know, you bring in a, a true backup snapper in Sunohara. Um, they only have so many snaps there. It's going to be those two guys snapping. Okay. Now I want full credit if somehow okay. late in this game, who, who who would you think would be that guy? Holcomb? Holcomb, I guess. I hadn't. I, uh, does he, did he snap in college? Usually they find somebody who did it in college oh, or man, in Peewee or something. We're down, down, we're down the rab- big part, you're, too. You're going to send me down a, a rabbit hole tonight that I don't want to go down now. Well, uh, too, too late. I said it. As soon as I say it, I know I already have your right. attention here. Um, anything on. All right, we're not going to. We can't probably should yeah. dedicate time to research uh, this, uh, actually, but. Uh, yeah, I saw, I think Holcomb has done it a little bit and yeah, they need a new snapper. And is there an emergency holder? You know, Cam Sutton was kind of that guy for, for a brief moment. I mean, you would assume backup quarterback would do it, but all those small things uh, do matter. Right. And I'm the person that has no business. I mean, I, I look for these things to get work, not worked up about, but to, 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 to dig on. So, uh, that, that caught my eye that Mike Tomlin said that as fact, we had the conversation in a side chat with the other guy saying, well, does he mean it's now is center or does he actually mean long snapper? I mean, he's got two long snappers there in camp, you know? So anyway, if for some unknown, if so, some God, ungodly reason that, uh, a non long snapper snaps in that game, uh, Friday night, then, uh, I want I, w- I want credit for talking about it, and if yeah, not, people are going to say you wasted ten minutes talking about <laughs> uh, uh, a non-long snapper in this podcast. All right, anything but, else? Well, I was, I was just going to say the reality is, I mean, they're not going to have two long snappers on this team. Sure. So when you get into the season, they need a backup snapper. Sure. Whether it's Coons or Sunahara, and so yeah, you got to find out. Okay, if, you know, this team's lot. You know, Greg Warren went down with injuries before, and so that, that whole James Harrison thing against the Giants. So I mean, these things become they don't become issues until they become real, you know, in your face issues. All right. Uh, it, it just, I don't know why that stuck out to me. It, it caught my ear as soon as Mike Thomas said it. All right. Anywho, anything else about special teams? Now I'm looking up if Cole Holcomb has ever played long snapper before, <laughs> and I'm currently not finding anything, but the, the search will continue. Uh, now that's all I got on special teams. All right. Uh, anything else? So why we, we ran a little bit long tonight, obviously, because we didn't have a pie, a regular podcast Wednesday morning. And, you know, we had to talk about Tomlin and some of the things that were said in the morning. We'll be back on Friday with a full show. Uh, we'll talk about what, you know, more things that Tomlin said and, you know, start previewing uh, guys that we're looking forward to seeing in the game Friday night. And man, Alex, it, I, it's almost here. We almost, I got to stay alive just a few more days just to, <laughs> just to make sure I get, get, get to seeing uh, some, some Steelers football this year. Uh, all right. With that, uh, Alex and I, once again, we'll be back on Friday morning with a full version of the terrible podcast. Uh, we will be back. I'm sure uh, we'll probably do a Saturday podcast, right. To talk about the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh, we will. And then the next training camp, Camp practice is until Sunday. So let's see. You can follow me on Twitter at Studers Depot. Follow Alex Kazora on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show uh, at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, StudersDepot.com, hit the donate button upper right navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, StudersDepot.com, upper right navigational bar. Until Friday morning, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast, a, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023 with Dave and Alex.